Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Gravity Falls. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is Kate Kalzik. Noel Kirkpatrick is on assignment today. Uh, we had life things come up on Monday, so we were not able to record, and we didn't want to delay a full week. So we are pressing on without him today, though he has a couple thoughts about these episodes that we will share uh, via text. Uh, I am joined, however, by the fabulous Allison Shoemaker, who did not realize that Noel and I did not put out an episode on Monday. So she has watched ahead. Uh, and so I am joined by Allison, time traveler. So Allison, you are now in the privileged position of you get to be Noel today because I have not watched the next two episodes since like they aired. So I don't remember them all that well, but they're very fresh for you. Yes. I'm looking forward to you getting there. <laughs> um, and now I'm relieved that I didn't text you today about these particular episodes. Yeah. Um, but I'm re- I'm really excited to talk about the next two. In addition to being excited to talk about these two, because I thought I was just not going to get a chance to talk about these two. Yeah, it's cool. I, everybody wins. <laughs> yeah, I, I re- except for Noel. Except Sorry, for, Noel. I remember the broad strokes of the next uh, the next two episodes, and I'm very excited for one of them. But I do not remember the details, and I'm lo- I'm looking forward to revisiting. We are talking today about episodes 15 and 16 of season one, which is the deep end and carpet diem and. And uh, I, this is the first time in a while where I, I think that I can pretty safely say that you did not called it on any of the stuff. Uh, I think you got kind of close and then veered away on one of them. Oh, it's right. You, you, with Deep End, you were like getting all metaphysical. I was like, no, it just means a pool. <laughs> well, but with with the Deep End, I said that we were finally going to have... Mabel and Dipper find the secret room. The oh, yes, secret right. room. And they did find a secret room. It was just in the other episode and it wasn't that yes. secret room. I don't think. Was it no, that secret a, room? Yeah. We would have seen the vending machine. Yeah, Different if, if secret room. it was room. that. Yeah. Right. So, yes. Uh, well, we're going to kick things off with our merman with his strange exotic accent, which is just Spanish. Mabel, it's just Spanish. Um, what did you think of of our, you know, journey to the pool as someone who grew up without air conditioning like my my parents got air conditioning when I was in college when I was like in my third year of college so like living in the Chicagoland area without air conditioning is fine most of the year and then there's like a week every summer especially like when I was growing up there'd be these hundred and plus degree heat waves you would just like like I'm gonna roll (laughs) like I was feeling very seen. How did how did this episode speak to you, Allison? And what did you think of our journey to the to the pool? As a fellow lifelong Midwesterner, I also have those days. And as a fellow lifelong Midwesterner who also grew up without air conditioning, I also have those days. Had those days. Still have those days because I I am one of those trying to the last possible moment to not turn the air conditioner on people. Um, but for me, we didn't have a community pool in Jenison, or I guess we did, but it was the high school pool, which is not the same thing. So what this brought back for me was going to the movies, because on really, really hot days, we would go to the movies and see like four movies in a row, because that was where the like super duper powered air conditioning was. Uh, that said, I didn't go to a community pool on a, an extremely hot day while camping a couple of years ago. So I've got a recent sense memory there. Um, I liked this one. I didn't like this one quite as much as I had hoped I was going to. When I figured out that we were going to one location and staying put, um, I got really excited. And I think that some of it was really great and some of it was less interesting. 
um, the storyline I like the most is also the one I have the biggest sort of qualm with, which is Mabel and her merman. Um, because I just couldn't get past the suggested age gap. Like that was an adult merman. And this is a 12 year old girl. And I got the distinct impression when he wanted to go back to his family because of the, because of the character design and the vocal performance was like, yeah, are you going back to your wife and two children? (laughs) Like what is happening? Um, and I honestly had kind of a hard time getting past that bar. I found it very uh, disorienting, but when I could, I really loved watching her. Um, sort of wrestle with all of that and be funny and weird and Mabel and wonderful, um, especially with the big reveal of the cooler <laughs> of the escape plan. I thought that was great. Yeah. The, uh, what about you? Well, the, they go out of their way to say that he's 12 or this, whatever they, you know, third, 14, whatever they, their age is. He's like, oh, I'm also this, the same age. Uh, Merman's voices change when we're three or something like that. Um, but he's not coded in any way like an equal to her. Um, through his language, through his concerns. He's not scared because he misses his mom, right? Like, he's not acting the way that Mabel or Dipper or any human their age would act in this situation. So, yeah, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying about the the perceived age gap. Um, Marcus says, he wasn't the brightest merman, given he tried to get back home in the ocean <laughs> by swimming upstream at the waterfall. I also had questions as to how putting him in the lake was going to help get to the ocean, I kept waiting for it to be like a saltwater, freshwater situation where, you know, there was a concern. But then I guess since it wasn't for the pool, it couldn't have been. Uh, I can make an outlander joke here, which is that there is an outlander in the books theory that uh, the Loch Ness Monster really exists and is here because a dinosaur swam into an underwater stone circle and then time traveled to present day Scotland um through the stone circle uh that's a real thing that exists in that lander book it's a it's the hypothesis that that Loch Ness Monster is a dinosaur time traveler <laughs> so um maybe he's a time traveler and he swam through a stone circle and it just happens to be in a lake and not the ocean because sure, of global warming that works uh Keith says the summer camp I attended in the woods for years and later worked at had one air-conditioned building for emergencies but otherwise you sweated it out amongst the trees and this episode resonated and Marcus says never had air conditioning growing up but had a lake to go to every day of the summer so you know that the, there's also that lake connection there too um so yeah this was this was I think a fun episode it I I just don't, <laughs> I don't connect. I was, I've never been a person to get, you know, boy crazy, girl crazy, per other person crazy. So a lot of this part, I can enjoy it. Uh, this, but that part of the show just doesn't resonate with me in a meaningful way. So, so it's just sort of like fun, but it's, it's not speaking to me the way that the, the, <laughs> The way that Stan needing to be spatulaed off the carpet really, really did. <laughs> that yeah, that was a that was a good moment. Um, but as far as the the merman stuff, like there's you know, I also was not super pleased with our gay panic joke about the life, the mouth to mouth, reverse mouth to mouth. Also, why are you reverse CPRing water? Why don't you just give him water? Just pour the water in his face. <laughs> like, oh, we're getting a little tiny episode of Favorites like, with Kate Colvick. It's just, so it's just like, like I, I was expecting him to like start doing it and be like, wait, what am I doing? 
right? Because that, that's what I would expect from <laughs> Dipper. Um, and then to not be like, there's a lake right there. And that could, you could still have the same gag, right? Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it was, or, or like to have that be the guy where like, there's a lake right there. Or you could have just given me the water. You could just give me the water bottle. Um, but other than that, I think I was pretty much up over this episode. Um, I liked the Gideon and Stan, um, rivalry. I like that it is still so incredibly petty. Like, it's clearly a long lived thing in this, in this world. We've already seen it come up a few times, but, the, the level of pettiness feels just right for both characters, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and I wanted more information about the lifeguard guy, uh, the, that, the person in charge. Um, I liked what we got, but, like, how did Wendy get that job? Like, how? <laughs> so, um, did you have any other thoughts about these subplots? I also um, liked the Gideon Stan storyline. That was fun. Um I like that the stakes are are not always so high and yet they feel like the same amount of high, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I just I still don't really get Wendy. That's the part I don't connect with. And it's the part that I should because I am a one crush at a time person. Right. Like even when I all I could dream about was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I, I, I was a one man <laughs> woman. It was all Jonathan Taylor Thomas all the time. Um, like I, you know, I, I really still cared about Jonathan Brandis, but like your heart had moved it was, on. I was all yeah. JTT. Yes. Yes. Um, so this should really speak to me. And I think it's just that Wendy is so, um, generically cool without being specifically cool i don't understand the nature of her friendship with dipper i think that's actually maybe my biggest bone to pick with the series in total like i understand that sometimes you get a crush and you just have it and it's not because somebody is incredibly charismatic it's just like the right moment the right person the right time the right you whatever um but i don't understand why it's seemingly reciprocated, even if it's not reciprocated romantically. I can't figure it out. Is he like a fun kid brother? Are they buds? What is it? Um, then maybe I would care. But it just seems like a weird thing to me. Yeah. Makita says, oh, same Wendy is just kind of there to me. And Marcus says she's some from she's from a uh, small town and desperately looks for new people. So it could be something like that. Sure. I mean, that would make sense. But then that's the story I want, right? Like you just described a piece of the beginning of Shit's Creek. Um, but that's the story that Shit's Creek told. Like that is exactly w- or at least part of what Stevie was doing. And here it's, if that's the case, that's interesting, but it's not spelled out and spelled out. It's not the word, but it, it doesn't seem motivated by her experience. It seems to have just happened and keeps continuing and there keep being reasons why it might stop. And then it doesn't. And I don't get it. I get having a work buddy who's 12. I don't get hanging out with your work buddy. Who's 12. I don't, I don't get it. in a way that's not supposed to seem weird. It's a, just a different energy. If they had established that, like, she doesn't get along with everyone or that she has trouble making friends or that, like, you know, like, you know, I think the CV comparison is a really good one where they clearly establish that she's a little weird and other people don't get her humor. So, like, if it was, if that was that kind of dynamic had been established, she'd be like, oh, yeah, I have to, I have to audition these other assistant lifeguards and none of them get me and they're all going to be, like, really obnoxious. 
you would be a way better person to hang out with, right? That would make sense. But again, they just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very much, well, these are the characters we have on the show. So we're going to do that because there's only X number of characters. So um, it's efficiency of characters or that's not the right term. Noel always remembers that. Sorry, Noel. <laughs> I can't remember the term. Uh, economy of characters. There we go. That's the term. Um, as opposed to something more character driven. And I, the show would really benefit from having more specificity to Wendy. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, what do you think about Seuss in his mission to save the duck people? <laughs> I love Seuss. Um, I had sort of forgotten because I was so overwhelmed by the next Seuss storyline that we're going to talk about. But yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. It was fine. Um, well, Keenan and Marcus, if you have any uh, final thoughts about this one, drop them into the chat. But we need to get to Carpet Diem and Noel's comment that... Uh, uh, but the, the, he also thinks that static electricity on shag rugs transferring consciousness makes complete sense. And of course, like that's, of course, that's a appropriate technology and you know, how else could it happen? So we have our body swap episode here. Keenan says, I could never have anticipated carpet diem. Wow. Uh, delightful. I, again, I want more depth than we get, but I have a lot of fun with what we do get. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Um, it's, always good to be reminded that meeting shows where they're at is usually the best approach and maybe i haven't quite made that leap with gravity falls yet because i think i just keep i want it to be avatar right like i want really complex characters and i want thematic richness and we sometimes get one or the other and i think there is some of that here i think that um the mabel dipper story is pretty clear and pretty rich um, but it's just not that show, right? It's not going to be questioning our ideas about gender, no. which I want, but it, but it doesn't. It's just, oh, he has a deep voice. Oh, she, they, they both, they want to switch back and then, then that's it. Um, so missed opportunity, but I enjoyed it so much that it's hard to be even a little bit grumpy about it. I had, it's just wonderful vocal performances, great animation, um, some really, really cool choices. Uh, and it went farther than I expected, which I think is really wonderful. Yeah. I love the specific, uh, specific like adjustments they made to the animation. It was very clear. Like that yeah. is not Dipper. <laughs> that is Mabel. And that is Dipper. And you can tell because all of a sudden air quotes, Mabel has bags under her eyes and is stressed out. And air quotes, Dipper has never looked more chill. Um, <laughs> And, like it, it is pretty remarkable how how few changes they needed to make them identifiably different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I don't know that that tracked with all of them when they all started body swapping by the end. But for the main two, that I definitely was um, like you could take a still from this, and I would be able to tell you who is in which what body just based yes. on the animation. And that's that's exactly what you want from this. I think that's true of Waddles and Seuss, too. Yeah. I think, um, and that's more extreme, obviously, but I had almost as much fun watching the mechanics in the animation of that switch as I did with Mabel and Dipper. I think once you get Grenda involved, it, it's, it's not quite so clear, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing that you texted. I was so uh, so entertained when, when you uh, uh, just like, I just got the Waddles and Seuss. I was like, yep, that's right. You can see why I was so excited for Waddles to show up. Did you have a particular favorite moment of that? Was it licking the, the vending machine? Was it like, <laughs> was like, no, I'm back <laughs> at the end. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I mean, I think it was really just all of it. It was just upsetting enough. It was like um like watching a horror comedy where there's still it's still horrifying, but you're having a good enough time and things are light enough that it's more like a like a thrill of horror and not sitting in horror. It's not existential <laughs> at all. Um although it could have been, man. Whew. Uh there's something about those empty eyes that's really something else. But for as much as I enjoyed seeing Waddles in Seuss's body, I think I liked watching Seuss as waddles even more um because that was a human being that was no longer just an expressive pig uh and waddles is a very expressive pig obviously extremely intelligent um but incredibly charismatic what a charmer but seuss uh is seuss whether he's in the seuss body or the waddles body it was uh like a like a wonderful nightmare (laughs) i loved like their immediate glee and joy of of, of uh, Seuss figuring out what had happened, be like, I gotta start saying my wishes out loud more often. This is amazing because <laughs> <laughs> that's never the response you get in these body swap episodes um, or anything like that. It's never oh, awesome. I'm a pig. It's it's like I'm a pig. Oh no, you know. So just like the idea of just him having so, a lot of joy in that, at least to start, was was very nice. Um, Waddles also, Marcus says Waddles also seemed to seemingly proposed to a woman, which I want to know what happened. Yeah, this, the way that this was kind of pitched in the episode tells me that she proposed to herself through Waddles somehow. And like, that's not the, like, I think we got just the right amount of that. I I wouldn't want more of that because I, leaving it hazy lets you kind of try to, Fill in the blanks if you want to. Um, but I, I also, I did like Seuss coming back to be like, are we, ma- we're making out? Oh, okay. That, I don't understand what's <laughs> happening, but I like making out. I mean, he's 22. It, it tracks for me. <laughs> and he's Seuss. It's so absurd. Yeah. Um, and very obviously written by a man. Um, yeah. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, this is a perspective where I, the fact that it's the perspective I expected is totally fine. I don't need an episode from that young woman's perspective um, at all. <laughs> but you can definitely tell it was written by a man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what what about our um, resolution with uh, uh, the, the, the sibling thing, the extra room? Now Seuss has, his own, has a break room that doesn't scald his elbow <laughs> if he isn't appropriately Tetris's body. <laughs> um I would be a little leery about having that as my break room after the carpet. Yeah, I would uh, never want to go in there again. Or I would be exploring every inch of it to try to find every single thing. And there's no in between. It would never be just a room. Um, Also, I don't understand why Mabel and Dipper just didn't move into that room. It seems bigger. So, like, if they're not disturbed by all of the thing that they just went through or Mm -hmm. and or maybe they're curious about it, why didn't they just move into that room? But. Yeah, um, I like the way it ended. I loved. I sort of wish it had just ended with, "Do you want to have a slooper? Do you want to have a slumber party?" Um, because I think that was such a lovely moment. I didn't really need to see anything past that to understand what was going to happen. Um, but it was still good. I want to know uh, if there if there's any specific twin perspective that Keenan has to offer on this one. Because it seems very. It might be more interesting to a a twin. 
Mm-hmm. I, I liked that we got such a free-for-all at the end with the body swaps, because that is also a thing that doesn't tend to happen in these kinds of episodes. It tends mm-hmm. to be a discreet event rather than a shag rug. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, all of the back and forth of just, like, the permutations and, like, it, it, I, I, I found that delightful. I liked the escalation over the course of the episode. I thought that worked pretty well with, the, like, was it Olivia McGuckert or whatever his name is? Um, which is just horrifying. I t- like, the, the the comfort that this town has with talking pigs, for example, is appropriately unsettling and uh, something that I'm sure will come back. Um, but I like that they roped so many people into the body swaps by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Keenan says, it was relatable for sure. Scotty tended to be ready to move on from things before I was, and it was hard. All of a sudden, your person is leaving you behind, and then you either catch up or figure it out. So, Keenan's Mabel, Marcus says. And Keenan finds that entertaining. So, we'll have to, Keenan, you'll have to cast you and Scotty in, in, as Mabel and Dipper. Uh, <laughs> let us know how you, you, you stand on that. But, um, yeah, it, it was, I think this was a, was a fun episode. Again, once you realize, oh, they're not going to do all the things that I kind of would like them to do, but which are not this show, then it's like, okay, I can just have fun with this, which is, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was a treat. It felt very uh, Legends of Tomorrow. This is like, it, it seems to me like the kind of choice that Legends would make, that you can body swap through a shag rug seems very Legends-y. But then there'd also be time travel involved somehow, so who knows where they would end up. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, unless you have any final thoughts, and Marcus and Keenan, throw them into the chat if you do, um, our next two episodes, you already know what they're about. So they are going <laughs> to be episodes 17 and 18. Um, we're heading towards our finale, which is, of course, episode 20. Um, so episode 17 is Boys Crazy with a Z. And episode, uh, episode 18 is Land Before Swine. So uh, do you want to drop any spoiler-free teases for the listeners who this is their first time watching? Um, I think that people who share the affection that Kate and Noel and I have for shows like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend um will in particular like boys crazy quite a lot some good music some good mm-hmm. music um but i think both these episodes are pretty great i was i showed up today very excited to talk about them so <laughs> i will still be excited to talk about them next monday and i'm a little bit furious with myself that now i can't watch the next two until next monday afternoon at the very earliest yeah and well and the the last two of the season are a two-parter so it's uh yeah, looking forward to that one as well. But uh, we both, Noel and I, have been looking forward to Boys Crazy for like since we started. <laughs> since we started the 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 Gravity Falls portion of the podcast, so yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, uh, Marcus, it, you are as fond of this one as as we are, and Keenan, I'm sure you will enjoy it. So. Oh, Keenan's gonna love it for yeah. sure. Yeah. So that will wrap up our uh, episode for today. We'll be back next week, Monday, barring, you know, life. We anticipate being back next week, Monday, to talk about these next two episodes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Marcus and uh, Keenan, for hanging out with us in the chat and sharing your thoughts. We'll be back next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.